Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 119. With green eyes over to Shadow, Shadow's mount caracoled away from it, and Shadow stroked its neck and told it not to be afraid. Its tiger tail swished aggressively. It occurred to Shadow that there was another wolf, a twin to the one that Wednesday was riding, keeping pace with them in the sand dunes, just a moment out of sight. Do you know me, Shadow? said Wednesday. He rode his wolf with his head high. His right eye glittered and flashed, his left eye was dull. He wore a cloak with a deep monk-like cowl, and his face stared out at them from the shadows. I told you I would tell you my names. This is what they call me. I am glad of war, grim, raider in third. I am one-eyed. I am called highest and true guesser. I am Grimnir, and I am the hooded one. I am all-father, and I am gondlier, wand-bearer. I have as many names as there are winds, as many titles as there are ways to die. My ravens are Hunan and Munin, thought and memory. My wolves are Frecky and Gary. My horse is the gallows. Two ghostly gray ravens, like transparent skins of birds, landed on Wednesday's shoulders, pushed their beaks into the side of Wednesday's head as if tasting his mind, and flapped out into the world once more. What should I believe, thought Shadow, and the voice came back to him from somewhere deep beneath the world, in a bass rumble. Believe everything. Odin, said Shadow, and the wind whipped the word from his lips. Odin, whispered Wednesday, and the crash of the breakers on the beach of skulls was not loud enough to drown that whisper. Odin, said Wednesday, tasting the sound of the words in his mouth. Odin, said Wednesday, his voice a triumphant shout that echoed from horizon to horizon. His name swelled and grew, and filled the world like the pounding of blood in Shadow's ears. And then, as in a dream, they were no longer riding toward a distant hall. They were already there, and their mounts were tied in the shelter beside the hall. The hall was huge but primitive. The roof was thatched, the walls were wooden, there was a fire burning in the center of the hall, and the smoke stung Shadow's eyes. We should have done this in my mind, not in his, muttered Mr. Nancy to Shadow. It would have been warmer there. And that's our page. Starting right off with a word I didn't know, caracold. The word comes from Spanish to English. In Spanish, it's caracol as well, meaning snail, although it could also come from the French meaning spiral, so similar to a snail shell. Spiral, much like the path Shadow and his friends, or, well, whatever they are, took to the center of the house on the rock? Well, maybe not. I might be reading that one in a bit too much, but that's nothing new for this show. It's also a maneuver on horseback, more commonly associated with military exercises, whereupon a horse makes a half-turn to either the left or the right. It's both a noun and a verb, so it's one of those fun words. Basically, though, Shadow's Griffin is making a turn and thinking about making a mad dash away from the Great Wolf Sif there. We also get confirmation that Wednesday's left eye is the one that Odin popped out for knowledge, and we get some names here, and... Most of these are pretty self-explanatory, but others not quite so much. Grim, in this case, means mask, and Grimnir means hooded one, or masked one. Glad of war, well, any deaths made in a war fought in Odin's name would become sacrifices to him, and that's a big part of his mythos, so he would always be glad of war, especially when he was on the winning side. There's also the sacrifice of himself to himself, but that's a bit beyond where we're at right now. Third is supposedly from a story in the Prose Edda. Within the story, three figures sit on the thrones, High, Justice High, and Third. All three figures are named with pseudonyms that Odin would use, so it sounds like maybe it's all Odin? I, I've i tried to read versions of the Prose Edda and the Poetic Edda, and I've had very little luck. 
In a book by Anthony Fox, he translates the the prose edda, and Gilfanging apparently is uh, one of the other names that he uses in that story. Third is because he's the third figure, though. I it's kind of disappointing, I guess. All fathers, due to his status as the most powerful god in Norse myth, as well as the head of the Asir, Raider and Trugesser, I couldn't find an immediate reference for. I tried flipping through Gaiman's Norse mythology and Googled around quite a bit, but I've come up short. So if you're aware of the reference, please get in touch. Finally, Gondlir Wandbearer is a bit redundant, as Gondlir, or sometimes Gildnir, means Wandbearer or Wandwielder. We do also get confirmation that the wolf he rides in the carousel is meant to represent either Freki or Gary. I love that his ravens dip into his god brain for a little sip before flying back out into the world. Shadow recalls the dream of the Buffalo Man and once again asks what he's supposed to believe, which the Buffalo Man responds from far, far off that he's supposed to believe everything still. So the Buffalo Man is outside of Odin's mind, it seems. And it also says about halfway down the page that the waves crash on a beach of skulls. And I feel like this is maybe something you mentioned first thing. I feel like if I washed up on a beach or if I was traveling across the beach with no memory of how I got there and it was made of skulls, I think that would be number one on my list of things to talk about. But that's me. It does uh, have some small reflection of Shadow's dream about strange fruit from about approximately forever ago on page 47. And it's also similar to imagery we'll see in other dreams Shadow has as the book progresses. The TV series itself pulled the trigger on the mountain of fucking skulls pretty early on because it's a badass look, but we won't get to it in the novel for, I don't know, maybe another 150, 200 pages? Anyway, pile of skulls, something to look forward to. The party arrives at the hall in the manner of dreams, and it's a traditional ancient Norse hall, similar to the hall described in the first Coming to America chapter with the Vikings there, although not exactly. Nancy comments that his mind would have been warmer, and we get what is a look inside of, if not Anansi's mind, then at least a similar enough mind in Anansi Boys, closer to the end of the novel, and it's certainly nowhere near as ghoulish and nightmarish as this world is, but it's similarly unsafe or unsafe-seeming. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page. And remember, only the gods are real.